Captain Tibbs here, and I've got a statement to make. Last week, the Dylan walked out on JWF War, and with that, I am officially terminating his JWF contract. He could have been one of the best. He is one of the greatest performers I've ever seen, one of the best talkers in the world right now, but you know what? Damn it. I cannot abide something like that. So to the Dylan, Captain Tibbs wishes you the best of luck in your future endeavors. Thank you. Oh, I thought you were going to throw it because of your terminated. <laughs> no, no, no. Because you see, Dylan, you're over. In the bad way, because your time here is over. You're, you're not over in the good way, are you? Wait, wait, what? <laughs> okay. Good work, Tim. Tim's out. So welcome to Fight Boys, ladies and gentlemen, the weekly podcast about professional wrestling and not-so-professional wrestling. I am your host, as always, Scotty Moore, joined by my tag team partner in crime. He is the plattest man on the planet. He is the JWF World Heavyweight Champion. He is Blake Tanner. Thank you, thank you. You're too kind, you're too kind. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Please, no pictures at this time. <sighs> and with me, as always, the host, wait, I've Scotty. Already, oh, wait, Scotty I've already Moore. introduced myself. Shut it's up. Okay. I always introduce you, you son of a bitch. I also wasn't paying attention. Scotty Moore. Hi. What happened in wrestling this week? Well, ap- apparently, unfortunately, Dylan's been fired, so Dylan's not with us this week. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, Dylan has been uh, fired from the JWF, and that was the only big release this week. Nothing else, Blake. Okay, no, no, stop. We're gonna do th- we're gonna do this fun little joke. I know we're gonna be like Blake. I've got some horrible, horrible, horrible news. There was a big release from WWE. It was just world-ending. Everybody is sad about it because this person was so utterly, amazingly talented. Can we just say rest in peace, Darren Young? And then, you know, we're all supposed to laugh at it. It's like, oh, yeah, Darren Young got fired because he's he's been doing some great things, right? Yeah. Uh, but we need to talk about Summer Rae. Yeah, thank you. Because we analyze, we have, like, a little Facebook chat, and we're planning on opening uh, something with our Patreon to where everybody can chat with us about wrestling. But when the news broke, both of you were like, wow, Emma, I can't believe it. Emma's gone. Because, you know, Emma's an extremely talented performer they've had mm-hmm. for a very long time, who I think has gotten the shaft ever since going to... She is basically the poster child for being mistreated on the main roster. But over I just remember looking... But I just remember looking down at my phone and being like, Summer, no! Yeah, because Summer has been on TV in the last two years. Look, no, she's been training. I follow her on Instagram. It's a whole lot of her modeling, which I'm fine with, but also she's training to get back in the ring and they dashed my girl's dreams. 
Well, see, she's still got that modeling stuff going on, though, and I think she's pretty good at it. I think well, that's that's a very weird statement. I think she's very good at being attractive. I mean, look, if there's anything that I've learned from knowing people that do modeling, there's a lot more than being attractive. Being attractive gets you in the door, but knowing how to use it. Okay, you gotta thank you. use yourself. You gotta use your words. When you're a model, Scotty. Surprisingly but, enough. I was fixing to say, but they're photos, Blake. You gotta use those words. You look at it, you're showing off your modeling portfolio, and you're just like, as you can see in this one, I was saying the word chicken tetrazzini. In this one, I was saying the word uh, bourbon cocktail. In this one, you're like, wow, I see. There was actually a lot that went into this, uh, wasn't it? Yeah, let me show you the flower collection. My personal favorite is rhododendron. Oh, really? Is that the name of the piece? No, no, that's what no. I was saying as they were taking my picture. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Over and over again. And uh, I guess we should discuss the fact that um, life has begun to imitate art, because I'm sure you're an It's Always Sunny fan, right? Yeah. Well, you know, a couple years ago they released a really good episode on pro wrestling. It had Roddy Piper in it, and they came up with a few comical gimmicks. Like, uh, I think at one point, was it Dennis and Charlie or Dennis and Mac who decided to be the, uh, the Birds of Liberty or something like that? Yeah, I've, I actually haven't seen this particular episode, even though I've seen it meme to hell and back on the internet. Well, uh, one gimmick they came up with was for the character of Frank, who of course is played by Danny DeVito, known as the Trash Man. Oh, I know the Trash Man. He's a trash man. He eats trash. Um, and unfortunately, it looks like WWE has caught that gimmick for Braun Strowman, who just came out on Monday like, I'm the trash man. I eat trash. I think the most amazing thing is that, like, he didn't come back in the same uh, garbage truck that he left in. So this has just been a story of Braun Strowman, like, garbage hopping across the United States hoping that the next garbage truck will be his leap home into the arena. (laughs) It's garbage leap. Garbage leap with Braun Strowman. It's just, I don't think I've ever seen a weirder solidification of a babyface turn than with Braun the trash man, the trash boy Strowman. Because Jump out at him. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's not only that, it's this moment of Miz walking into his, uh, like, into his, uh, into his, uh, dressing room, which, WWE's had a week with dressing rooms, which we're going to get into, but he walks (laughs) into his dressing room and he just sees a bag of trash and he's just like, oh no, it's the trash man, he eats trash and he's gonna eat me, oh my my god, God. My personal favorite was the fact that Miz and his buds don't know how to work child locks in cars. Oh, yeah. Because they spent so long fiddling with those locks. And then it led to... Okay, so Miz committed murder on the last pay-per-view. We all know this. But Braun came back and did a double death. Extreme to the max special murder. 
on everybody. Well, you see, Braun Strowman is no longer a living man. He is a trash golem. He comes to protect <laughs> the trash when one insults it. <laughs> How dare you? I'm the trash man. But, I, I mean, it's the same, I guess, the thing about them not being able to work the child locks is just because WWE, every once in a while, has these horror movie angles where it just doesn't work in the knowledge of WWE. Like, I remember the Zack Ryder Kane angle, which is probably the worst angle that has ever happened in WWE history and all I remember is Zack Ryder Zack and Eva not not Eva Marie Eve Torres were going on a date and apparently their tire was flattened and Zack was just like oh well I guess I gotta go change the tire now and I'm just sitting here at home like why the fuck are they showing this I understand what's going to happen, but, like, you guys are not filming, like, the new Friday the 13th, yep. here comes Kaney. Like, oh, or you mean, um, the Kane angle with Daniel Bryan and Brie Bella, where Kane just kind of chased them around their car for a little while that one time. Oh, oh my god, okay, so I guess we should might as well just discuss Kane, because it's only a matter of time until this happens again. Yep. Most of these involve Kane. Yeah, because with Undertaker, there was, like, at least some multifaceted layers to his character. With Kane, which, albeit, Kane has, over the years, had some very interest kink, interesting kinks thrown into his character. But. Kinks indeed. It, <laughs> it always goes back to the same thing. That, oh, he's a spooky, scary demon man, and you gotta run for your lives. So... I just, I wanted, I wish all of the boys were here so we could set up a betting pool for how long it's going to be until Kane just isn't, isn't this anymore. Because it won't be long. Like, at this point, the, uh, the tolerance level has gotten very decent for WWE. Oh, so you mean... You just wait until Kane stops becoming the monster, because that usually takes a good three weeks, maybe? Yeah, like three or four. Because I, I remember the Zack Ryder angle, Kane came back, had that awesome rise above hate John Cena. Actually, I just realized the best thing to come out of the feud is the old Fight Steen fight shirt that Kevin Steen used to sell. That was the best thing to come out of that shit. Um, uh, you so mean the thing I think it gave birth to his eventual catchphrase in WWE? I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, I think he was really scary and creepy for about a month. Then he had a feud with Randy. And then, fuck it, I don't even remember what happened after that, but it definitely wasn't Spooky Scary Kane anymore. It was just like, nope. alright, red dude's here, guys. Or like, you know, after Kane came back and had that feud with Daniel Bryan, Bryan beat him, got injured, and then Kane just went back to losing. Well, I think um, at that point, didn't he become... Oh, and then there was the point where Kane got his mask back for real, um... And yeah. he was doing that double thing with Seth Rollins where he was a monster for a little bit fighting Seth Rollins. And then he was like, oh, Kane's still here. And mm. Now, let's be honest. Kane is on par with Abyss in that when they are unmasked, they are the funniest individuals on the planet. And I love them. 100% like, agreed. Like, libertarian Kane is the best <laughs> 
So like corp uh, well with the corporate Kane angle, the best part of it wasn't Demon Kane coming out and attacking Seth. It was corporate Kane backstage being like, "Wow, I don't know what's going on, big man. I, I don't know what problems you're having, Seth, but I'm willing to help you with whatever you need. Do you need me to call HR for you?" And then just like this giant shit-eating grin across his face, as if no one in the authority knew what the fuck was going on. They were just like, "No, I think it's two separate people, man." No, it's definitely, definitely. I mean, it's like Finn Balor. I mean, you know those are two different guys, right? There's a yeah, demon. Yeah. One's a demon. Do you know the original Finn Balor died and it's a new guy now? It's amazing. <laughs> um, replace him. Can I just say, I, it, it never struck me as weird until one of the news sites pointed it out earlier that the street fight last night between Gallows and Anderson and uh, Slater and Rhino, who, by the way, they just decided that was a tag team again? Yep. Yeah, they were just like, here you go. Rhino just came back to Heath. He's like, hey, bud, I ran out of of squeezy cheese and crackers. I'm going to need some more money. Rhino does seem like somebody who subsists on squeezy cheese, like 100%. So, so, you know, they were in costume, and obviously Gallows and Anderson were Chad Too Bad and Tex Ferguson, which made me go, they need to get the win. Mm-hmm. Obviously they don't, because WWE is wrong in every way. But my uh-huh. favorite part, and it didn't strike me until someone pointed it out, was that for this Halloween street fight, on the Halloween episode of Monday Night Raw, in the month of Halloween, who did Slater of- and Rhino come out as? Fucking Santa Claus! <laughs> of course they did. Yeah, I know. You not I, remember I, when Rhino dressed up as Santa Claus for that episode of Talking Smack? Oh, you And mean he made drunk- everybody uncomfortable? <laughs> yeah, drunk Santa Claus Rhino, he was the best. Well, uh, I'm sorry, unfortunately, you did not get a Rhino Santa. You got Rhino Mrs. Claus, which was equally creepy. However, not nearly as creepy and also sexually confusing as Kenny Omega. (laughs) I I wasn't confused at all, sir. You're like, I knew my answer, and it was yes! Because I remember watching the match, and I saw Marty come out as Aladdin... The only problem is I got the costumes for Aladdin and Abu mixed up in my head, and I was like, why is he dressed like it? I was like, oh, he's dressed as Abu, so Kenny's probably Aladdin. Oh, wait, he's got Abu on his shoulder. That means he's Aladdin. Oh, Kenny must be the genie. Then out comes the genie who, I'll be honest, I forgot Chase Owens was in the Bullet Club. And so I was in there going, who the fuck is this dude? Wait, so who's Kenny? And then out comes Princess Jasmine Kenny Omega. Oh, it's Princess Kenny. Princess Kenny. Kenny. And I just stared at it like, um, okay. And whoever did his makeup was on point. I was like, damn, Kenny, you getting it. All right, all right, all right. By the time I was watching it, I was... I was thoroughly to the point of like, okay, so we're doing this. <laughs> okay, so, well, I was fine until there was this moment where Kenny struck like this seductive look into the camera and it zoomed in and I'm like, you're trying now, I see. Oh, really? Because that's when I said, okay, so we're doing this. <laughs> 
Okay, so we're doing this. Yeah, uh, so the Bullet Club has, a, I think, officially, well, I was going to say officially beat the WWE in costume contest, but yeah. Drew Gulak may have the edge. He, he did a good. He did a good. He, he did a good. Well, my favorite, so for those of you at home, WWE had a fun little costume contest with three people. Which is a shitty costume contest. Uh-huh. And three out- very different people. With three like, completely different people. Well, I guess you had a Raw Smackdown and a 205 Live Star. So, okay. So, Sasha comes out, and hers is pretty fucking good. It's Cesaro, but it's a crying baby head. And then the rest of her is just Cesaro. But also, she's got an inflatable doll between her legs to make yep. it Seamus. I was so confused at that point. Oh, God. And so, um, that uh, was a thing. I had to pull up a picture to see it again. I'm just loving this. I'm going to send it to you in chat because I just need you to look at Renee's face. Yeah. And just see, like, how she really felt about this segment. <laughs> yeah, Renee was done as far as this segment was concerned. But that was one thing. And then the other thing was Miz as David S. Pumpkins. Basically, <laughs> I'm realizing slowly that Miz has the weirdest fucking sense of humor of all time. Because, like, two skeletons just pimp out, but I guess WWE couldn't afford the David S. Pumpkins music, so it's just two skeletons dancing for no reason, and then Miz runs in and is just like, Hey, everybody, I'm David S. Pumpkins. Any questions? And then he just runs out awkwardly. I'm like, oh, okay. Do you know who I feel like their sense of humor, like, gets along very well? with each other, it's yeah. The Miz and John Cena. Oh, yeah, I'll bet you anything those two, like, they love each other. They love each other. Um, well, the the only problem, and this is just for anybody who is David S. Pumpkins this Halloween, uh, just dress at a, as him. Don't try to be him, because to try to be David S. Pumpkins means you have to try to emulate the man that is Thomas Hanks and how lovable he is, and you won't do it, as evidenced by the Miz in his creepy little Jufro scooting out between Renee and just being like, Hey, guys! <laughs> how you doing? Uh, I just pulled up an article called An Oral History of David Pumpkins, and I really want to read it. Uh, the best way to describe Miz's costume this year was, Huh? You get it? You guys remember David S. Pumpkins? That's who I am, ha ha ha! And we're all sitting here like, yes, Miz, we understand. And then out comes the most beautiful woman I've ever seen in my life. In the form of Drew Gulak as the boss, Sasha Banks. Okay, so we're doing this. Okay, so we're doing it again. And, well, my favorite part is the fact that Drew, in the beginning, was totally out of character. He was just like, hey, guys, what's up? It's me. Hey, Sasha, how are you doing? But then, like, they did an interview near the end of it, and he went back into his 205 Live character. So he was just like, kids, let me tell you something. If you get a piece of candy and it's, like, partially unwrapped, just throw that bad boy away. You don't want that. You don't... Don't get that candy. Don't go out in less than groups of three. Like, he just started doing 
all of the Halloween safety spiels that have ever existed. And I was like, damn, he must have worked. He has a full PowerPoint on this. Oh, thank you, Drew. Mm-hmm. Thank Drew for Drew. God, God bless Drew for Drew, Drew for Drew. Drew, Drew. So did anything happen on SmackDown? I'm gonna be completely honest. I was too busy working. Um, let's see. Oh no, that's a 205 discussion thread. R- really quick, while I look this up as well, I just want to address like some fun dumb rumors that are going on about releases, and the fact that like oh, really? somebody pointed out like. You know what, after after last night, it seems that Anderson and Gallows have removed mentions of WWE on their Twitter bios, which Ooh. they totally haven't. Wait, what? <laughs> it's like, this dude posts some screenshots, and someone comes up 30 minutes later, and it's like, yeah, because they changed them. Oh, um, okay. And someone else brought up, it's like, well... It looks like Finn's over, too, because Finn posted a picture on Twitter that's just a tombstone that says, bye. Unless, unless you have Finn Balor versus The Undertaker at Survivor Series, the demon versus the dead man, in a match that will make me feel so happy. Or? Or? It's gonna be Kane. Oh no! Because you know somebody else can tombstone people, and somebody literally tombstoned Finn Balor last night. Yeah, but I want the Undertaker. You're I not want... getting the Undertaker. He's gone, Scotty. <laughs> You're gonna have to deal with this at some point or another. And you know what? You were wearing the vest of the man that did it. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry to every. I'd like to apologize to my fans, to my family. I'm the reason why The Undertaker is retired. You have to bear that cross until the end of your life. And if you want to support me in these hard times, just go to merch.aloadofpurebs.com. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, merch.aloadofpurebs.com is the only website where you can get the official merchandise for the fight. Boys, that's right, ladies and gentlemen, over at merch.aloadofpurebs.com, we got all kinds of beautiful Fight Boys merchandise, whether it be tumblers, shirts, mugs, whatever you would like, and of course, we do have shirts all relating to that amazing Birmingham, Alabama-based professional wrestling organization, the JWF, we have shirts for the uh, JWF champion himself, Blake Tanner. We even have the special edition tri-blend Blake Tanner shirt. Absolutely fantastic. And then, of course, we do have uh, the shirt for the former JWF champion, the VWO. We have shirts for Scotty Moore. Uh, I, I just now realized I think we still have the Dylan shirt, even though he's been fired. But, I mean, if you like fired dudes, pick up this shirt, motherfuckers, over at Merch. Dot a load of pure BS.com in the fight boys section. So, um, we had a fun little discussion because Enzo Amore has had him a fucking week. Like, uh, I don't That's know. That's the- beyond anything. Like, all of that is an understatement for the Enzo Amore experience. And what's bad is it's getting to a point where I'm turning around again. Because now I'm getting to a point where I'm like, well, he's going out into public. He's getting on TMZ. He's causing a ruckus. 
maybe he's bringing attention. Until I remembered, oh wait, the Bullet Club's already doing that in a much better way. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> I think, like, the reason, the reason that they let him do this is because for them, any publicity is, like, stuff that's getting eyes on the product. And, yeah. like, Vince McMahon loves that fucking shit to death. Yeah. Um, but Enzo is just a perfect heat sink magnet for hatred. Yeah. Well, my favorite is the fact that we've now established that um, the more this happens, the farther Enzo has to change away from the arena. Like, at first, they were just like, you're banned from the locker room. Then he, like, let one of his friends wear his belt, and it's like, now you're banned from the arena. And my favorite was, I think that's true, because on TMZ, they were just like, they were talking to him, and Enzo cut, like, this amazing, like, yeah, I'm this hot, I'm the hottest dude in the ring, it's gonna be amazing, every time I step in the ring, I get ratings, and then the interviewer is just like, yeah, but you've kind of been kicked out of the fucking locker room, no one wants you around, and without missing a beat, he's like, bro, I got my own locker room, literally, that's a fact. I don't talk to nobody. You know why? Because if you ain't talking money, what the hell you talking about? And all I can think is just like, you know, I think I know where his own locker room is. He's at like the nearest Waffle House in the bathroom. Just like, hold on. Yeah, yeah. I want scattered and covered. Thank you. Uh, you mind if I use the bathroom really quick? I'm going to come out in some weird overalls. <laughs> we were all spending a little while just chatting about the different places that Enzo Amore had to change. And... <laughs> In the end, the Waffle House just seemed the most appropriate. Yeah. Well, uh, it gets funnier because I think we have to do something different because that was after he fucked up a little bit. I think he has now officially said the dumbest shit. Uh, let me see. This is this is a full monologue. I'm actually going to use this for auditions in the future. Oh, fuck. <clears throat> You're looking at the Marinara Riviera of the WWE. Hashtag the realest champ defends his title every Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, and closes it out in the main event of the Zoe Show, a.k.a. 205 Live, every damn Tuesday. Now, I know I told you kids to work smarter, not harder, but that's only because I'm a certified G, and the G is for genius. The hardest working Man in the WWE is a certified G. And let me be frank, because I got the source. I work smart, but I'm a good guy. So I feel for those. I feel for the incompetent bunch of loser weights who can't compete because the only thing I lose is sleep. And you can't teach that. Jesus Christ. Okay. Now, I know we give him a lot of shit for his booking, and I will continue to, but Roman Reigns just sat up in his fucking bed, like, face covered in mumps, and he he's getting out of it right now, and he is just walking to Enzo Amore, no matter where he is, because no. somebody gets that punch, he's gonna get punched in the face. Oh, no, 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 someone's about to get mumped in the face, but he's about to get I mumped. think, like... I think, like, Roman, John Cena, uh, I'll even put maybe Randy Orton in there, Big Show, a lot of people before Enzo. As soon as he said, hardest working man, they all sat up like The Undertaker and were like, what? 
the fuck did you just say? Yeah, as a matter of fact, how about all of our boys that have worked some of the most matches in WWE? The consistent most match worker in the world right now, Dean fucking Ambrose, is got something to say, and he's about to butter up that man's chest with his butter punches. <laughs> I've never heard them called that, but I love it. If you ever look at how Dean punches people, it's like he's just slapping butter across their chest. <laughs> I'm about to lather you up. He really, like, Dean, Dean is on par with Shane in people who, like, they keep trying to punch, but I'll be <laughs> damned if those punches look real. That was some rough shit. Yep. Also, did did you read about apparently um, during the uh, SmackDown siege last week? They wanted that shit to be so realistic that apparently on camera someone was caught doing like a working punch, mm-hmm. and they were like, "Nope, cut. We have to start it completely over. Beat the shit out of these people." I really, really w- would love if it was during the part where they're beating up Dean and Seth, and like they're like. We got to do the fucking ambush thing again. Damn it. We got to keep doing this son of a bitch. Okay. All right. Um, um uh, there's one more thing that I What were we talking about before we got off on this tangent? Enzo uh, Amore. Butter punches? <laughs> yeah, butter punches. But I know where Enzo has to change now after a long hard consideration because yeah. it, the space just opened up actually. And it's oh, really? in the nearest garbage truck. As driven oh, no. by the trash man. I gave him in the back, in the <laughs> trash. Also, apparently, I was looking up some stuff about 2K18, because I'm looking at picking it up soon. Which, uh, as a man who runs a YouTube channel where I play the video game, I really think I should own it. But um, I realized something very good, that they've included squash matches. And their example of a squash match was Enzo Amore across from Braun Strowman, and it was the best two minutes of my life. (laughs) Oh, that's Um, lovely. Oh, wait, you know what we needed to speak about, and I guess we can toss it in, is um, the fact that Leo Rush is probably already about to get some Enzo status. Because did you see what he tweeted about the releases this week? Oh, I fucking did. He stepped in some deep shit. Like, he stepped in some... He stepped in a trash pile so big that even Braun Strowman couldn't get him out if he wanted to. He just goes, I guess these are the things that happen when you're truly not ready... When you're not truly ready for Asuka. And I'm just sitting here like, fucking, even in kayfabe, Emma's faced Asuka before and didn't get fired... What the fuck? No, I don't, like, even, the only way that I think that would have been acceptable even is if she didn't get fucking fired. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then he, of course, sent out the apology of, at the end of the day, there's a certain level of respect within professional wrestlers in the sports and entertainment industry that is noted within peers. With that being said, Emma, I respect you and everything that you've done for our business. It saddens me that the controversial tweet... He puts that in quotes as if yeah. it, as if to lessen the blow. It wasn't controversial. I was he just had a dick. main roster people like talking shit about yeah. him, telling him how like he had stepped in it and he needs to do something. And then he comes out with this apology, this yeah. apology that's not. I'm not apologizing for apologizing for what I'm said. I'm apologizing because you took it bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Uh, let's see. Uh, it got completely blown out of proportion and looked at in a very insensitive way. As a family man with a four-year, a four-year-of son and expecting another, I would never laugh or mock the fact of losing someone losing their job because of how it can. You just did. I would never lock or laugh or mock the fact that of someone losing their job. That's what the fucking tweet was doing. Because of how it can affect self-person and their families. Whatever the situation may be regarding the release, you're an amazing performer and respected athlete by yours truly. And I'm sure you will exceed, be, excel beyond expectations. To my fans who have made seen this as inappropriate, as well as Emma's fans, I apologize and I love you all regardless of the responses. On behalf of myself and the WWE, good luck. Okay. I would like to first start off by saying this is the stupidest thing he could have done. Yeah. But, but, I will give a lit. I will also say, on like the tiniest level, he is 22 years old, so he's dumb. By, yeah. by virtue of being like in his early 20s, he is dumb. As a man who is still in his early 20s, I am very dumb. Yeah. Um, but at this which is point- also some like, this is some shit that I could like see like Paige doing back in the day too. But I think Paige, it would have went over better because Paige knows Emma. Like, that's yeah, fine. Yeah. Like This dude just popped in and it's like, fuck you. Yeah, exactly. At which point, good old Jack Gallagher pops in, apologizing because people didn't like your joke. Not for joking about someone losing their job. Also, try the English classes at the Performance Center. Thumbs up. Gosh, I love this man. Uh, Jack Jack had the smooth, classy uh, response. Meanwhile, Dash Wilder just popped in like a motherfucker. So busy trying to be a comedian, you forgot that you're a dumbass. Bam. Damn, Dash. Oh God, there was another one, and it was a uh, it was one of those rare mo or it was one of those times where Bray broke kayfabe on Twitter. Which oh really? And he's like. Hug, I can't find the tweet, but he got real pissed off. Well, I mean, that's on part... What was it? There was something a couple... Oh, yeah, it was uh, one of the boys who worked in NXT, and it was not like a guy who was on television at the time. It was a guy who was off TV. Uh, He just posted the social jobbers making fun of the social outcasts. I remember that. And literally the entire roster face-fucked him for the next hour. And it was beautiful. (laughs) Yeah. Jesus, I can't even remember who... I can't even remember who it was. The only thing I remember... The only person I distinctly remember, and I'm mad that he's gone from the company now because he flew that flag that night, Mm -hmm. but it was Bull Dempsey who wrote, like, this long, beautiful speech about just, like, you need to respect the people who came before you. I'm friends with you, and I still respect you, but I don't agree with what you're saying. How dare you? And I'm like, damn, Bull. You could have just bullfit this shit up, but you didn't care. Yeah. Oh. It was. Oh. It was Josh, the Tough Enough winner. Oh, it was? I thought you were like, oh, no, it was Shinsuke Nakamura. Did you, yeah. What? <laughs> no. Um, by the way, Bray's tweet response, which I loved, is, you ain't gonna make it here. You ain't gonna make it here with the wolves, kid. Damn. That No, what's worse is that wasn't even out of character. 
That no, was in not character. really. <laughs> that that's was true. You show up on the main roster, you're going to be jobbing to me in no time, and that's saying something. You're going to get those mumps, boy. So apparently, uh, Impact has went to Japan. Uh, Impact management went to Japan, uh, spending I think the rest of all the money that Impact Wrestling has uh, to visit with Pro Wrestling Noah. And apparently, Scott Demore went over to a New Japan event and went up to Akata and just said, "Hey, I'm sorry that you got booked like a motherfucker when you oh, were in TNA." I know. I'm like, that's so badass. Oh, God, that was... I mean, if nothing else, that at least shows that they have some, like, humbleness. Because you know Vince McMahon is never going to walk up to Zack Ryder and be like, oh, Hey, no. kid, sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. At this point, he's like, I'm really sorry about what we did. Hey, by the way, you want to come back? You want to come do some stuff with us? You want to... <laughs> Oh, are you talking about Scott? Yeah, Scott's just like, yeah, I'm so, I can't believe we treated you real bad. Anyways, maybe come on for one of our weird one-night stand pay-per-views or something. I don't know. We can't give you any money. You'd actually have to pay us, though, so... You need to pay us money. Um, in other In other news of people being dumb and criticizing uh, booking decisions... Have you read what Eric Bischoff said about Roman? I have not. Damn. I hate Eric Bischoff with a burning passion just because of his face, but he has made the most right sentence I've ever heard about professional wrestling. You have to make a choice, and you have to commit to a character. You're either a babyface or a character that the fans can relate to, support, love, and aspire to be, or you're not. And if you're not, you're a heel. You're despicable, and they need to learn to love to hate you. And I think when you take the safe road in between and let the fans decide, to me, it's a cop-out. To me, that's kind of like raising your hands and saying, look, I got ideas. I I don't have a plan, so let's just put them out there and let the fans choose. That's the most cowardly creative cop-out I've ever heard. I'm like, damn. Damn. I would, I think, yeah, I totally see where Bischoff's coming from because, like, face heel dynamic is like one of the core values of wrestling, period. Well, it, and it, like, go on. Okay, well, it's like, um, I, I think the problem is it's the same problem they had when uh, Vince Russo was booking was the fact that he was like, I'm gonna make it like movies. It's gonna be fantastic. I'm gonna take Scarface and put it in wrestling. Fuck yeah, Scarface. But. <laughs> But unfortunate, and I think that's what they're doing now is they're gonna they're looking at like Breaking Bad and Dexter and all this shit and being like there aren't bad guys and good guys anymore. Look at this, this man's a hero, but he's selling methadone to children. I'm like, yeah. no, <laughs> it's a character study. <laughs> I think it has to do with the fact that a lot of people cheer some heels now because they're just so good. Yeah, one hundred percent. And it's like, well, if we have them do some heel things, they're going to cheer them because these people will cheer. They're going to. They think that people will cheer, cheer, fucking cheer heels because they're heels. They don't cheer heels because they're heels. They cheer them because they're really fucking good. Yeah, I don't cheer Alberto Del Rio. No. That's the oh. end of the sentence. <laughs> that, was, that was the whole sentence. It was just, I don't, like, I, and I, I remember, like, I didn't cheer for Seamus, or I still don't cheer for Seamus, like, even being part of Seamus and Cesaro, I'm like, fuck yeah, Cesaro! Oh, Seamus. Sup, dog? 
Hey, Actually, that's wrong. I cheered for Seamus once, and it's when he came out as a giant rhinoceros in the Ninja Turtles <laughs> movie. And I was like, yeah! He did it! My baby boy! My baby boy's a giant turtle! A giant rhinoceros! It's beautiful! That's my Which, dad! by the way, we... That's my dad! We need to discuss that movie on BS sometime, because holy shit, it is buck wild. Like, oh, they're boy. not like, they're turtles who got mutated. They're like, every human has an ancestor that is an animal. So, in this, this unlocks what your true animalian self is. And I'm like, that's not how evolution works! Jesus. At all! Okay, fuck. No, I don't want to go on this tangent tonight, but we will. <laughs> oh, we will. Well, well, speaking of movies, um, apparently, uh, Jeff Goldblum is really... Have you ever met somebody who's just such a kind soul that they're really interested in listening to you talk about wrestling, but yeah. they don't know what the fuck's going on? Well, Jeff Goldblum's one of those people. Jeffrey Goldblum, uh, star of Thor Ragnarok, um, he was getting interviewed by one of the guys from WrestleTalk TV, which is He's actually... He's done other things other than Ragnarok, by the way. I'm just saying, go see Thor Ragnarok in theaters this Friday. Anyways, oh. not sponsored. Um, he was getting interviewed, and Jeff, of course, is just a kind man, so he's like... Yes, very. I'm happy to be sitting down with you. Uh, it's a good interview that we're having. Uh, what is that on your shirt? Uh, it looks like Brizongo Fashion Patrol. What does that mean? At which point the interviewer is like, I want to go ham on this, but also I don't want Jeff Goldblum to think I'm insane. He's like, oh, it's just a professional wrestling. Like Wrestling's big nowadays. And he's like, really? That's interesting. Yeah, it's like worldwide. Really? I've never thought about that. That's amazing. Awesome. I'm so happy to uh, uh, hear about that. Uh, very good. Let's talk some more about it. And I'm just sitting here like, damn, Jeff Goldblum. You know, is it bad that I know, like, exactly what this response is? And it just reminds me of one of our professors from when we were in theater. Oh, really? Hold on. Yeah. Okay, hold on. No one's going to know him. So who? No, this is just a pure Dennis response. <laughs> Yes, it is. Yes, we uh, we actually were taught by Jeff Goldblum when we went to UAB, and he was just like, "Wow, that's very interesting. Awesome, cool." Uh, meanwhile, he's just like leaving, like I'm. I have no idea what's going on, but I, he was just so joyously happy about Brizongo. I have seen Jeff Goldblum with some pretty hefty spray tans in the past. Exactly. I think he could be the third member of Brizongo. This would what would it be called then? Because now, now we've got to throw in a gold bloom, Brizongo bloom, Brizongo bloom. It's got to be, or gold Brizongo. Oh my no! Because then people would think uh, Gold Dust has joined them. Oh yeah. I think yeah. Brizongo bloom is uh, perfectly fine. Brizongo bloom, fashion patrol. That's right, Uggos. We're coming to uh, uh, we're gonna take you take you out. That's what's gonna happen. All right. Fantastic. I'll be back. I can't wait until they start doing some movies and we get Fashion Independence Day. I was gonna say Fashion Park. Fashion Dependence Day. Fashion Independence Day! <laughs> Style finds a way. I'm just saying. <laughs> Welcome to Fashion Park. 
Fashion, fashion park. Fashion, fashion park. Before you knew what you had, you you took it, you gave it a t-shirt, you popped a label on it, and then you put it out there for people to enjoy. Can't believe it. No, I'd love if they pulled, like, a Z True Long Island story with uh, fashion police to where, like, the higher-ups slowly start changing it and making it, like shitty and then jeff goldblum comes in for one episode of fashion party and he has to yell at the higher ups and he's like before you even knew what you had you took it you marketed it you took entire control of it ruined it for all the people at home how dare you you bastard wait damn it okay i'll do this later as someone who has seen you dick with that harmonica for weeks now, I was getting very... I was like a proud mom. I was like, oh, my boy! Yep. He's I getting kn- it on that thing. I know how to do the tabs. It's just hard to remember yeah. the numbers. Mm-hmm. Well, ladies and gentlemen, you know what's not hard to remember? Because I say it every damn week. Patreon dot com slash fight boys that's right ladies and gentlemen patreon.com slash fight boys is the only website where you can go to help support these good fight boys right yeah it's basically a monthly subscription you can donate a dollar five dollars however much you want and uh we do have some perks for you all related to that amazing birmingham alabama based professional wrestling organization the jwf just for $1 a month, $1, ladies and gentlemen, you will become a JWF jobber. We'll bring you in. We'll give you a name, give you a character, and probably promptly job you out to Jeff Goldblum, who, son of a bitch, Jeff Goldblum would have been a huge get for the celebrity division when we had it. Damn. Oh, uh, man. Yeah, I know, right? Uh, but, of course, if you want to go above that, if you don't want to be a jobber, donate $5, ladies and gentlemen, like Scott Moore, like Guy Fieri, you will be a JWF mid-carder. You will be firmly in that mid-card. You'll have storylines. You may even have a pay-per-view match, ladies and gentlemen, but if you want to go all the way, if you want to go all the way and be a champion, then donate $30. $30 over at patreon.com slash fightboys, and you will become a JWF champion. We don't know how, we don't know when, we don't know in what way, but we will make you a champion and as long as you don't Enzo the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Who knows how long you may have that belt, but that's only available to you if you go over to patreon.com slash fightboys. Boys is, in fact, spelled... With a Z, which means that. Bl- That's really weird. That shouldn't be. That shouldn't. Oh my God! Is that is that the music? That's the introduction music for everyone's favorite. It's the amazing, the greatest professional wrestling organization in the world in Birmingham, Alabama. It's time for the JWF, ladies and gentlemen. Also, uh, I like to think if Jeff Goldblum did join the JWF, his theme music would be you sloppily playing the Jurassic Park theme on your harmonica. <laughs> Um, and of course, uh, Blake Tanner, I think we need to talk about the elephant in the, the room. The huge, and not even elephant, I would call it a beast in the room. Because last, last week, we had a uh, rematch from the Heck in a Sec pay-per-view, wherein the team of Guy Fieri and Brunch Boy Baron Corbin took on the VWO for their JWF tag team titles. And it seemed, it seemed like they had the match won when suddenly, I mean, I don't even want to revisit it. What happened, Blake? Well, 
you could say that um, the JWF was visited by a force in nature, um, by something large, something destructive, something that came in like a, a one would say a tornado, but like the one of the biggest, like an EF five, because Brock Lesnar came into the JWF and wrecked shop. He came in, he destroyed Brunch Boy, Gaffietti, the VWO, it didn't matter. He tore the ring up. He hurt a few people in the crowd. He murdered a man. Yeah, we don't talk about that one, but yeah, that actually did happen. Um, but of course, the, uh, the ever-willing-to-make-a-buck Captain Tibbs, the owner of the JWF, has invited, and what I do not even think is a good move, but he has invited back Brock Lesnar... And he is not alone, ladies and gentlemen. He has, of course, brought his advocate, the former owner of ECW Wrestling, one of the greatest talkers in professional wrestling, Paul Heyman, is here in our ring. And Captain Tibbs has invited him to explain his actions from last week. Let's have a listen. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Paul Heyman, and I am the advocate for your reigning defending WWE Universal Champion, the Beast Incarnate, the Conqueror, Brock Lesnar. Now, I know a lot of you seem confused as to why exactly we're here. Because we understand that this company is barreling down the path to its next great pay-per-view, which still doesn't have a name, by the way, but we also understand that that pay-per-view is going to be the same weekend that my client, Brock Lesnar, is going to step into a ring and eviscerate Jinder Mahal and prove that he is the greatest champion in the history of the WWE. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, does, does that upset you? Be because I know how you independent wrestling fans certainly love to boo the WWE. You love to criticize the WWE because you're aware that if you tried to do what we do, well, just look around and you'll see the result. You see, a lot of you out there are thinking this company, the JWF, that you're saving professional wrestling, right? Well, no, 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 no. You are killing the business of wrestling. So much so that my employer, Vincent Kennedy McMahon, refuses to run shows in this godforsaken city now. What? Do you think we didn't take notice of what you've been doing? You think we didn't realize the pay-per-views that just so happened to go up on nearly the exact same day as ours? You think we didn't notice when Connor or Baron Corbin seemed to disappear for a few days? No, no. Which is why the W... W.E. has sent Brock Lesnar as the most vicious form of cease 
and desist. Brock Lesnar is here to destroy each and every one of your so-called superstar, and Brock Lesnar is here to... Well, ladies and gentlemen, that is the music of somebody who I didn't think would be able to even walk this week. Uh, I'm actually shocked to see him coming out. Actually, oh my god, it's both of them. The team known as the Brunch Boys, Guy Fieri and Baron Corbin are here, and they do not look happy with what Paul Heyman is saying. Let's hear what he's got to say. Paul, could you please do us all a favor and just shove a latka in that fat mouth of yours so we don't have to hear it speak anymore? Because, you see, last week, you struck the first blow in this war. And you struck that blow on two of the best damn men this company has to offer. Guy Fieri and brunch boy Baron Corbin. A man who despised your company so much that he had to come to us with open arms, ready to become something amazing. And he is. And us, the Brunch Boys, we are not afraid of your beast. He might be a conqueror. He may be the WWE Universal Champion, but he doesn't have the passion we do. He doesn't have the numbers we do. Brock Lesnar does not scare us. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Did you think? Oh, I'm sorry. Did you think we were coming alone? No, 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 boys. You see, my dear brunch boys, when the WWE wants something to stop, then it's going to stop. Because if you think what Brock Lesnar did to you last week was everything, then I have a very... Very sad message for you two boys. We're not finished with you yet. Oh my god! Ladies and gentlemen, Braun Strowman! Braun Strowman is here! I mean, I, I didn't even know that Brock Lesnar, Braun Strowman, who knew that these two were aligned? And he's emerged with a huge elbow to the back of Baron Corbin's head, following it up with a huge choke slam to Guy Fieri. This is absolutely horrifying chaos that Braun Strowman is laying down onto these two men. He continues to put boots to Fieri, and then, oh! Looks like Baron Corbin's trying to save his tag team partner, jumping on the massive back of Braun Strowman, attempting to choke him out. But Baron tosses him off like a small child, slamming him against the metal entrance ramp. This is absolute chaos. I, I never would have expected this. What do you think, Blake? Oh, Scotty, I think it's been a good run, but uh, we're going to have to start putting our resumes in somewhere else. Exactly. I'll say that 100%. Even you, you can look in the ring. Paul and Brock Lesnar standing, staring, laughing at the Brunch Boys, who looks like, oh, my God. Oh, look at the strength of Braun Strowman as he picks up both of the Brunch Boys. Both of this massive tag team of men hitting a big running power slam into our set. Not the set. We can't afford a replacement. He's busted the set apart. This is broken. The Brunch Boys have been destroyed. It is chaos in the JWF arena. My God. It's over.
And let me tell you something, ladies and gentlemen. I'm, I think it may be the end times for the JWF because, of course, one of our finest warriors, one of the biggest champions we've ever had, uh, the Dylan, of course, last week left under i mean he didn't really give us much of a reason he just said he wanted to leave he wanted to go to another company after suffering a few losses in recent months you could tell that dylan had not been happy with his position in the company and i guess it's been revealed by captain tibbs at the beginning of this episode of fight boys that the dylan is no longer allowed in the jwf that's um that's what the dylan was saying dylan said that uh legends could go anywhere they want and dylan thinks himself a legend he's very good amazing talent and he took his ball and went exactly i think uh i think dylan is trying to prove himself as a legend and who knows what he's going to be doing but i'll be damned i i know the dylan and i think whatever he's going to do next is going to be shocking the entire world but speaking of shocking the world, Blake Tanner. I have an absolutely amazing announcement. Let me remind everybody at home that after so many months on the shelf, a god is coming back to the JWF, a man who has called himself the god of law, the god of war, and the god of the JWF. Momoa Curry has returned. I saw him in the gym the other day. He was looking real good, baby. Oh, yeah. And I uh, I can't believe this. And, of course, as we know, 25 years ago, Momoa Curry made his debut at this very same pay-per-view that's coming up. And I cannot wait to see what happens when he gets in the ring. I mean, he is a veritable legend of this business. This man is going to send shockwaves as he returns. I mean, Blake, you, Momoa Curry, your favorite match. There are so many. Oh, there's tons. You know what? Honestly, one of my favorite Momoa Curry matches is uh, the match that he had with the Dillon, where the Dillon usurped the title from him. You saw Momoa Curry go all out, um, like show why he was the best, even though, and look amazing even in defeat. Exactly, and I, I think a lot of people don't remember is the fact that Captain Tibbs actually gave Momoa Curry his first real start in this business. Of course, we all remember the classic uh, three-match uh, the three match series between Captain Tibbs and Momoa Curry that ended with Mo Momoa Curry capturing the JWF title for the first time away from Captain Tibbs. An absolutely phenomenal series of matches that Captain Tibbs to this day refers to as some of his best. Um, uh, broke Tibbs' so, ankle in six places. Amazing at that last match. Mm -hmm, exactly. And let me tell you something, ladies and gentlemen. That's something I cannot wait to see. But speaking of people that uh, I can't, I think I can wait to see these people. Actually, it is the tag team known as the VWO, the men, the men of the Clouds Clan, Griffin Clouds, Travis Clouds, Justin Clint, all of the VWO who uh, unfortunately swarmed the ring last week after the uh, the BS, the team of the JWF uh, World Heavyweight Champion Blake Tanner and Scotty Moore. They seemed confident, they seemed happy after their wins at heck in a sec, but the VWO came out launching a vicious assault on these two boys. And I think they actually are gonna provide a reason for that attack right now. Let's go to the ring. Uh, looks like Travis and Griffin have some microphones. Let's hear what they gotta say. Ladies and gentlemen, the following promotional interview is paid for by your reigning, defending JWF Tag Team Champions, the VWO, and your 
Ahem. Your, uh... What? What, Trav? What were you saying? Come on, go on, say it. Your former <clears throat> JWF World Heavyweight Champion, Griffin Clout. That's right. Former champion. You know, you'd think that'd make me mad. Y you'd think it'd make me upset. Uh, but really, it's not. It's focused me, guys. It's... It's focused me into realizing that my family has had one problem with this company ever since we emerged onto this stage. And that problem is the BS. Oh, they've used their trickery, their violence, for months to keep their tag titles away from my brothers. They use their friendship to try and steal my championship away from me on more than one occasion. Those two men are a curse on this company and a curse on the Cloud name. Uh, so, we've got some big plans for this next pay-per-view, my boys. Big plans. You think you're bigger than the VWO? <laughs> then you should take us on. All of us. I don't care how many of your tricks you pull, how strong your friendship is, you will never be able to take down the Cloud Clan when we're all together. I dare you. You. Oh, it looks like the BS have had enough. They're coming out. They have had enough with what Griffin has had to say about them and their friendship. And here's seeing what these two boys are going to say in response to this challenge they've made for the next pay-per-view. Hey, Blake, you know, I don't think this guy likes us too much. Really? Yeah, yeah, just when I was starting to think he was pretty cool, too. Uh... I mean, you know, Scotty, I was going to buy one of those really soft, cottony VWO shirts and wear it at the gym. Wait, really? No, of course not. These guys are complete and total nut jobs. Which is why they're clearly stupid enough to challenge us again after we have so thoroughly handed their asses back to them. VWO, face it. Between Scotty and I... We've pinned each of you bastards more times than we can count. But if you want one more match, one more go, one more shot, then feel free. Uh, actually, now that I think about it, Scotty, haven't we done this before? Damn it, you're right, we did. It was some, it was some dumb three-on-three -three match with Dylan, then Dylan fucked up. And then we ended up losing. But, you, you know, I was thinking about that, Blake. I was thinking about that. I just don't think the match entertained like we wanted to. It didn't give us the feelings that we needed to really pull out that win. I don't think those stakes were high enough. Uh, I mean, how about this, VWL? We're willing to take that match against you. But under a few conditions. Condition one, whoever wins, whether that be you guys or whether that be, you know, the obvious answer, the BS, whoever wins walks out with everything, every title, 
every championship, every single one comes to us. But, you know, ah, I just, I don't think that's enough. I don't, I think we need something else, something to latch on to, something to really make the BS fight. So, Blake, I, I'm going to need you to, to do me a favor. I'm going to need you to take this big plate of delicious Outback Sirloin. Take these steaks I've got, and I need you to raise them as high as the roof. Ooh, you want me to raise these steaks? You want yeah. me to take these steaks and raise them, even mm -hmm. though these steaks are pretty damn high. I'm already yeah. holding them over my head as it is, but ooh, how about this? Hey, Griffin, you keep talking about how the BS is the curse on the JWF, how we're everyone's problem, including and especially yours. Very proud of that, by the way, because I will be your problem until you leave this company. Uh, actually, yeah, now that I think about it, you don't want to have that kind of curse around, do you? Uh, you you want to go all Ghostbusters on our ass and get rid of the spooky, scary BS. <laughs> So here's your chance. And the next pay-per-view, the winner gets every damn title the company has to offer, and the loser leaves JWF forever. So boys, you better bring your best, and I promise oh, we well, will make it. Uh, actually, help, like, there's a problem. There's a little problem. I mean, mm -hmm. I, I know you had your really cool ending. You had your cool ending and all that. Mm -hmm. But Blake, you know, you're saying you want them to bring their best. You want them to be the greatest. You want them to have the best match. But you see, you just can't spell the best without B S. Well, ladies and gentlemen, there's some amazing news. Looks like... Looks like we've got a match made for the next pay-per-view, and it looks like it's going to result in a huge change in the landscape of the JWF. Of course, the winner gets all of the tag titles, gets all of the World Heavyweight Championships, and the loser leaves. We could lose the BS forever, or we could lose the VWO, which I know some people in the back would actually be happy to hear about. Uh, Blake, how do you react to this news? Uh, you know, there's a very fierce uh, attitude coming from the BS, and really, I think they um, were able to put everybody's own feelings towards the VWO pretty clearly and concisely, and honestly, I couldn't have said it better myself. Exactly. The only thing I will say, the BS seem overconfident. Like Blake said, they know they've pinned them multiple times before, but of course, we do remember the only time the BS faced the VWO in a three-on-three -three situation. What happened? The VWO did walk out victorious, so I think the BS do need to keep that in mind headed into the next pay-per-view, so that's going to be absolutely astounding, and oh, oh my god, really? Look, ladies and gentlemen, I just got word from Captain Tibbs, an absolutely amazing announcement ahead of his uh, Ahead of his match at the next pay-per-view, Momoa Curry is returning to the JWF just two weeks before his big match next week on the JWF. So that is going to be an episode that is not to be missed, ladies and gentlemen. Momoa Curry is returning next time on the JWF. So, Blake Tanner, what'd you learn this week, buddy? 
I learned that if you want to have your own private dressing room, then you've got to deal with the trash man. I'm a trash man. <laughs> and I learned that Brizongo Bloom is money and fashion finds a way. Uh, so Blake... <laughs> So, old John Blakey, where can they find you? You can just find me with my little harmonica over at the Twitter, at Blake A. Tanner. Um, you can find me on the Darkroom Vidya, uh, at, at YouTube, Darkroom V-I-D-Y-A. Uh, last week we did some streaming, we streamed some video games for Halloween. We did five minutes of a movie stream. <laughs> Uh, we actually we recorded the vo- the audio so you can watch it uh, on your own uh, mystery science theater style. Okay, that's cool. Mm-hmm. I remember tuning into the stream and just being like, "Why is the stream not going? Ernest scared stupid. Is it like thirty minutes long?" And then I went into the chat and they were just like, "YouTube got us in like two minutes." Uh, and of course, you can find me on Twitter at Scotty Mo. That's S C O T T Y E M O. Make sure to buy my book on Amazon. It's called Queasel Corp. Q U E Z A L C O R P. Make sure to check out the Queasel Corp podcast and all the other amazing BS Network podcasts on a load of purebs.com. And of course, Blake, it is now the giving season. The Extra Life Giving Season, which means that every now, every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday from 10.30 Central Standard Time until usually whenever I get tired, I am now going to be streaming for Extra Life. I'll probably have on Friends every once in a while. But yeah, we are trying to raise as much money as we can for the Children's Hospital of Pittsburgh. It's actually also the same hospital that Connor's Cure donates to, so we like to say we're helping out Connor's Cure as well. So if you're a wrestling fan and don't know about Connor's Cure, I mean, it's absolutely the most fantastic thing that's ever been created i think out of wrestling um and so uh yeah make sure to come check out my streams they are really good i did bendy in the ink machine yesterday which uh i didn't poop my pants which i was very proud of but yeah make sure to check me out or donate over at bit.ly slash bs vs cancer so bs versus cancer the VWA, VWO ain't the only person we're taking on, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, make sure if you're watching on YouTube, leave a comment down below. Like, subscribe, do all of that good stuff. And if you're listening on iTunes or Stitcher, rate and subscribe us on there as well. Every single little bit helps, ladies and gentlemen. And as always, you can find us at a load of purebs.com. Step up to the merch table at merch.aloadofpurebs.com. Donate to the Patreon. Find us on Facebook, subscribe on YouTube, and remember you can find both of us on Twitter at Fight Boys Show. And remember, ladies and gentlemen, if you're a fight boy, yeah, you're a fight boy for life. <laughs>